that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of The Race Hour in association as always with bookmakers.com and kindly sponsored by our friends at The Tote. Uh, I'm Darren Hughes, I'm filling in temporarily for Dean Ryan this week and as ever I'm joined by a stellar panel of guests headed no by no other than Jeremy Nolan. How are tricks with you Jeremy? All good Darren by, how are you? Yeah I'm okay, I'm not too bad. Uh, I'm also joined by Race Hour regular and racing anorak Stephen Cass. Uh, Stephen, we're getting close enough to Eurovision now that between that and the small matter of Cheltenham on the horizon, you must be like a Duracell bunny this weather. Yeah, yeah, we're flat out. Like, if you think Dublin Racing Festival is a big deal, you should be on Super Saturday now if you're a Eurovision fan two Saturdays ago. It's seven acts revealed two Saturdays ago. It's only 16, only 16 songs to go. Will I keep going on about Eurovision or will we move on to the racing? But I think, keep, I think keep, at some <laughs> point at the end we might come back to you. because I had a few quid on Romania. and five or a thousand on Romania there during the week. <laughs> so <laughs> just definitely worth thousand to one shots. You won't find you a thousand uh, I bet for, uh, for Cheltenham anyway, uh, as good as Romania for the Eurovision this isn't me tipping Hunter, up Romania there are thousands like, you know. Hunter's Hunter's yarn Romania double I'm here yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. To, to win a billion <laughs> very good you see your close bet for if you keep this carry on up uh, and last but most certainly not least we do have Paddy Aspel on the panel how are you Paddy afternoon boys yeah well listen look let's get right into it and there really is only one place to start and that's what Shishkin's exceptional performance in the bet for Ascot Chase which if Dean Ryan was here to discuss we'd never quite hear the end of it but thankfully he's not uh, we can discuss it quite objectively even allowing for Fakir Jadari's underperformance this was a monster run and Paddy I'm going to come to you first here what did you make of it? Well, it was tremendous to see him back and I think you just had to listen to the words of Nico afterwards because or he actually said it to Nicky beforehand didn't he he said we'll know by the time we jump the second fence and I think we were all in the same boat as well, if you were watching. He just looked to have the rev counter back up again today. And because he was a very uncomfortable watch at Sandown, he was always behind the bridle, jumping this way and the other, um, whereas it seemed very comfortable round Ascot the other day. And there was, for a stride or two turning in, you were wondering when he was really upsides and eyeball, eyeball and pick Dory, right, what's going to happen here? But then within five tries later, you were fairly sure what was going to happen. And yeah, hit the line strong. And I think Nicky's, you've seen the, the footage of Nicky in the stands watching the race. It was, it made a great deal with him because there's obviously been a very long road with this horse, hasn't it? And there's been some worrying moments with him. So no, it was great to see him back. And I think apart from Fakir Dudery, who never really rose a gallop the other day, and I think it's probably safe to say he didn't give his run in, I thought Pick Dory gave his run. I don't think he laid. I don't think he lay down when he was headed. So no, it was a really, really good effort, and great to see him back. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with all of that. Um, he just, I think you could tell after a couple of fences. For me, he just he looked really comfortable, really at home, and hard to know how just how good the race was. But it's it's difficult to argue. Uh, with with his uh, his his comeback, uh, Dermo, do you have anything to add on um on? Uh, Shishkin um, I know you you want to talk about Monty Starr who reminds me a lot of your old pal Manila Endo in many ways and not just in the colours he wears so I'll, I'll pass over to you to see what you have to say 
Yeah, of course, perfect. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Chishkin was 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 brilliant. I think the race was a, a a ball of nothing. Now, to be honest, but that doesn't matter. Uh, the main point here is that Dean Ryan, we're uh, we miss you this week, but you were completely right. Which you know, Dean, Dean, <laughs> he deserves to get get shouted out for that. Dean would not have this horse beaten. I'd say he just didn't shut up for about a week on WhatsApp to me about him, and uh, he's on at seven to one for the Ryan. Which is a decent price, but the Ryanair's not done yet either. I thought Janadil was quite good as well. I thought Willie Mullins after that race as well, Darren, was quite how enthusiastic he was that he thought he'd left Janadil with a good bit to do still. So um for him to win probably and he was second before Talho. So Janadil, he's not out of it either. Um and I put him up the week before a twenty to one. But no, Monty Starr was my main eye catcher of the week. Um, Darren, I, I thought he was brilliant. Now, Hidden Valley Lake was giving him six pounds and uh, stayed on really well. But I thought Monty Starr still looked like a big dope, didn't really know what he was doing and kind of relented to a brilliant ride from Sean Flanagan as well late on. But I think Monty Starr, he's just, he's a big beast of a thing. He, he's going to really improve, but he's that's, that, that's a massive step forward. And whilst I'm thrilled to be on him at 50 to 1. I still can't quite believe how Shan Valley Kid is 20 to 1, considering the distance Shan Valley Kid put between him and Monty Starr last time. These two jumped a second last together. Both of them were kind of flat out over two miles four. But Shan Valley Kid flew home, and Monty Starr just said, Oh, Monty Starr has really praised that form forward. So I'm happy to be on the boat, Darren, but I can't quite believe that Shan Valley uh, Kid is still the price he is, you know? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And, you know, he, he really looks like. And Albert Bartlett type to me, he just sort of keeps finding when he's asked and doesn't find any more than he's asked to find. It's hard. I'm not explaining that great, maybe, but he, um, and as you say, his form is with Frank more than once. Uh, and lastly, then, but certainly not least, Cass, I'm going to come to you to discuss any of the above, uh, a potential anti post fancy, any eye catchers. They can be either on the race course, on the stage, whatever you think is best. The pursuit of riches knows no boundaries. So, uh, anything you want to add to what the lads have already said? No, not not much on on Shishkin or anything. I mean, he's 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 nine now, so he probably only has a couple of good days left in him. But it was, it was an incredible training performance. Fair play to Nicky, uh, clamour to get him into the Gold Cup now. But you know, go up another seven or eight furlongs. Like, trainers don't do that anymore. You know, it's not. You know, if you if you owned him, you might do it, but that's not going to happen. He's after ruining the Ryanair as a betting proposition now. The race shouldn't exist anyway, so that's a big negative from the weekend. Uh, but no, not not much to add. I thought there was a really good bumper on Sunday um, at Punchestown. Uh, Willie had one that won it in the the Bartlett Colours, Ballyburn. Um, he's a really good horse, I'd say. He'd be a lovely, lovely, lovely horse next year now. Stay in novice hurdles. Uh, he'd be one to watch. Or maybe even for the Punchestown champion bumper, I'd say right-handed could suit him. Ballyburn would definitely be one to keep an eye on that people might have seen. Yeah, he was well touted beforehand, and I suppose Irish Panther brought a reasonably strong level of form to the to the uh, to the race after his performance at Christmas time behind uh, JP's Factifile. So Ballyburn readily put him away, uh, even if you even if you think that Irish Panther didn't run to maybe the same level he did at Christmas time, it was still a well, pretty good performance. It's twice now Irish Panther has come there swinging and found nothing, so I'd be fairly quick now to take him on the next day. That's a very fair point, yeah, and well spotted. Uh, before we move on, we're going to play everyone's Cheltenham or everyone's favourite game with the race hour, the Cheltenham Acca selection. But before we move on, I'm just going to pick up on something Stephen said there, and I'm going to ask both Paddy and Derma what their their thoughts on it. The Ryanair chase should not exist. Uh, Derma, I'm going to come to you first. Discuss. You're on mute there, Derma. 
I think he's just incandescent. <laughs> Apologies. I think he's, he's, he's just <laughs> full of rage. He actually couldn't reply. <laughs> I'm furious. Yeah, no, uh, no, uh, definitely not. Uh, no, I, I think Cass is completely right. I think the races like the Aintree Hurdle kind of complement that festival brilliantly. Why can't there something like the Ryanair be at Aintree? Why can't something else be a punches down or at sand down at the end of the season? There's no need for the Ryanair. Um, I think Shishkin should be going for the Gold Cup now. But the other thing that I will say back to that, though, is I saw on the Wade In podcast, I saw uh, Tony Calvin kind of say that it's it's um, Henderson gets called out a lot. And he does. Other trainers seem, seem to get a pass on it. Willie Mullins didn't run Alaho in the Gold Cup despite having already won a Ryanair. Um, and yet it, 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 Henderson seems to take more flack for the fact that Shishkin's not going for a Gold Cup three and a half weeks after winning an Ascot Gold an Ascot chase after being off with an injury. Um, so, like, there, there is a bit of double standards there, but the overall point that Cass makes of um, the Ryanair not existing, that is the, the that thing. Is completely the right thing job. about the Ryanair is, if you go down through the list, every one of the Ryanair winners would, would have made and had a chance in the other races. Whereas some races exist, like people will say, the Mayor's Chase or the Mayor's Hurdle, but really the Mayor's Hurdle... Now, in fairness, Honeysuckle and Benny Dudio that year. So some of those races, though, generally they wouldn't have a chance in it. But like Alaho, Alaho should have been in the Gold Cup. Min should have been in the Champion Chase. Frodon should have been in the Gold Cup. Uh, Balco de Flo, okay, he he probably was a middle distance horse. Underso should have been in the Queen Mother. Fatour should have been in the Don Gold Cossack. Cup. Don Yeah, Don Cossack one year. Remember, like, yeah. it, it, yeah. it just takes from the two other proper championship races. So, I um, yeah. yeah. But let, let, what what used to be the Mild May of Fleet handicap. So back to that, please. Interesting. Paddy, I'll get your thoughts before we do move on. Are you a Ryanair fan? Not a Ryanair fan? And you can include both the airline and the race here. I'm, I'm easy. <laughs> yeah, pr- probably wouldn't say I'm a fan, lads. But I think if you looked at it from an owner's perspective, you know, when you've got these horses that there's fine margins between them ability-wise and how far you can stretch them out and trip, it is a nice option from their point of view to keep your better ones apart and just give you more options of obviously landing big prizes but you're always going to be on the other side of the coin and say obviously it's a cop out and you're just playing on on safe ground and won't say a gimme because it's still the Cheltenham festival but so you're always going to have two sides of the argument but I think if I was an owner putting plenty into the sport and I had some nice and lucky enough to have some nice horses it is a nice option to have isn't it but it, it is going to rub people up the wrong way of course it is. <laughs> yeah, it's the day that Paddy makes his billion and won't run his horses against each other now. And, uh, <laughs> fuck, I hope Paul Ryan doesn't give you the gig anyway, Paddy. Whenever the match is I have to say, I, you know, I was probably against the race for a long time, but I do kind of think there are probably two and a half mile specialists, and they kind of fall between two stools. And you know, I, we shouldn't pander to every type of horse at Cheltenham. Like nobody has a right to win a race at Cheltenham, but. I do think uh, it adds more than maybe a two and a half mile hurdle race where I think maybe the distances are a bit more uh, malleable. But anyway, that's just my view. Uh, we will move on now to the Cheltenham Mac game. We play this every year on the race hour. And the way it works is we're going to spin through the majority of the really big races at the festival, uh, pick one horse. The whole panel has to agree on the horse them to be included in our eventual ultimate ACA. And when it when, we, when we're finished up, we'll hopefully have three or four horses at a bare minimum that we can then either put a straight act on, perm up, or whatever you like to do yourself. And some year we all are going to walk away as millionaires. Uh, I'm going to come to the lads first, and then I'm going to cast a cast and vote because that's my prerogative as the man hosting the podcast. Uh, and we're going to start off with the Supreme. And Dermot, I'm going to come to you first. Facile Vega, 10 to 3, 5, yay or nay. And I'd ask the three lads to please keep your 
uh, analysis to a sentence for the in the interest of time. <laughs> That's good. Best of luck with that one, first of all. The uh, <laughs> listeners to the Razor Podcast will know we're, we're all not great at that. Uh, secondly, um, no, Darren, 100% taking on this horse. Um, I was happy to take him on before what happened at the Dublin Racing Festival, but there is something physically wrong, I believe, with this horse, as well as having gone off a million. So I'm more than happy to take on Fasal Vega. Very good. That's him done. But we'll ask the two lads as well to see what they think. Uh, Paddy, I'll come to you first. Supreme or Fasal Vega, yeah or nay for the Supreme? Probably a nay for me, um, simply because he could out so quick. And But just like so many others, I wish high definition had it kept his jockey on. We would have found out if the pair of them had it dropped out the back of the telly. But for now, that was such an ordinary effort, you'd have to leave him alone. Yeah, hard to disagree with that. And Stephen, I'm going to assume, cynical man that you are, that you're a no as well here. Yeah, well, I've, I've always been against this horse. I never liked his action, never liked his head carriage. Um, he needs heavy ground. It was heavy ground at Cheltenham when he won the bumper. It was soft at Leopardstown when he was impressive last year. The way he slaps the ground, he needs heavy at a minimum. Um, so, on general, good to soft. Wouldn't fancy him. And, and even then, the way he cut out, I just think he has an issue as well. Um, so, yeah. Would, would be all against him now it's like every horse the price i'd, I'd like i I'd, I'd be so kind of um contrary now i'd be thinking geez what price he got to would i back him but i don't think he's there and i don't think he's gonna get <laughs> you really there. are contrary you, like uh, what, what, what what price would he have to be for you to back him Dormer? if he was seven to one i'd back him you know but i'd back him too at seven to one. oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so like everyone t- you know six is probably as well wouldn't you six is really probably would um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But he's not really an each yeah. way proposition. Like I'd be so dogmatic on horses, but I'll switch in a heartbeat. You know, like that. And you have to be like that. So it's a price yeah. dictates, isn't it? Price, price has price, to dictate. Price should also dictate as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. I look. I'd be against him. Um. I. I. I like. Yeah. Hunter's yarn is my one for the race, but like. I could win, you know, the price of a car out of him just from backing him a big price on Betfair. But I'd be very worried about his jumping. Uh, if he jumps well, I think he'll have a right chance. It's, it's an open race. Very good, yeah. Well, just to add add to that uh, stat I saw from Tony Keenan last week, uh, within horses that failed to make the four, the first four in a run within six weeks of the festival are six for 315 in grade ones at the meeting since 2003. So that's a strike rate of... I can add to that. You know, bar in the... Um... Bar that, what was the Willie Mullins or the Gordon Elliott horse that wouldn't jump off again? What was that horse? The Bake. The Bake, yeah. yeah. So apart from the Bake, lads, the last horse to win a Supreme, and this, this is this is just done roughly now last night, the last horse to win a Supreme uh, without, uh, without having finished in the first tree on his last run was in 1995. And can anyone name me the, the horse? In the uh, Supreme 95 tourist attraction. No, the, no, three and a half months. Tourist old. attraction, yeah, it was. Yeah, yes. that was Willie Mullins. Oh, this, oh, Willie, oh. Sorry, lads, I'm losing my connection. I'm done for the day after that. That's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and that was that was Willie Mullins' first ever winner at Cheltenham. So you, you can't get away from Willie Mullins. That like I was going through the Supreme to try and find right uh, who was the last trainer or person to have actually got a horse to win a Supreme off the back of a run like that. And it was Willie Mullins with tourist attraction. So um, those of you that 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 um, are sticking with Fasal Vega, you know, there is there is previous. You just have to go back nearly 20 years for it. 30 years for it. Right, well, I can see we're doing really well and keeping to the one sentence in this game. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, we'll move on now to the article. Uh, Paddy, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, you seem to be the... The, the the most capable of uh, of brevity amongst these gentlemen, uh, El Fabiolo six to four Fab after a very impo- a very impressive performance at the Dublin Racing Festival. Is he a yay or nay for your Chetlamaka? Well, I'm 
big time jump on here, so I'd I'd probably say it in nay. And you know, the fact is all the chat was about um plenty of others going into that race, but although he quickened up from the back of the last, that was run at a furious gallop. He'd still every horse in that race at a hard race. I don't I don't care even if the second, third and fourth were tiring, but he will have still had a hard race, could have left his mark. I'd be happy to leave him alone because prior to that I thought he'd been pretty ignorant and even at Leperstown. He was ignorant enough and he did come back from it, but you're not going to get away with that every every time you do it. So probably a nay for me. Very fair. Uh, Cass, I'll come to you. El Fabiolo, yeah or nay? No. And one thing no one's been talking about, if you watch the back straight, um, they have that nice camera angle. He jumped really right, like really, really right. So on the old course at Cheltenham, uh, jumping right, he's short enough and there's good hearts against him. No. Okie dokie, and Dermot, you might finish us out here, yeah or nay? No. Wow, two races in, and we have a grand total of eight no's. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, this is going really fucking well. Uh, champion Hurdle, Constitution Hill, hopefully this will be a little bit quicker. Castle, come to you first, 4 to 11. He's not maybe not a betting proposition, but is he opposable? Um, no, a 1.46 or something, I'll bet for there now, which you wouldn't definitely wouldn't lay him at that. If he went one po- into the 1.2s, I might lay him. I, 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 like, I, I was watching back all his runs during the week to try and find something. The only thing that's, and, and this is really picking for the sake of it, right? But at Newcastle uh, this season, he jumped unbelievably well, and he always jumps well. He's an incredible jumper. Cheltenham last year jumped every one of them perfect. Like, he can do, he can go long, he can go in tidy and get away from them quickly. But at Kempton, Two of the obstacles. He, he, do, you, do you remember the season Epitant went bad and she was jumping really straight backed and wasn't jumping them fluently? He yeah. did that at two obstacles at Kempton. He did it at the third and he did it at the second last. And that's sure like that's that that's really minor stuff now. But but I saw that in him, so maybe if there's something that could come to light after if he performs, you know, I didn't like seeing those two jumps for a horse that normally jumps unbelievably well, but like he can afford two bad jumps to Cheltenham and still win by seven or eight lengths. Uh, but I just, just just saying it now in case uh, he's got a back problem after Cheltenham and I look like some kind of a genius. Very good. Yeah, well, you look like that anyway, Stephen, whether you're <laughs> yeah, right about too, this yeah. or not, so don't worry too much. Dermo, <laughs> uh, Constitution Hill, yes or no? After tours of traction, he definitely looks like a genius today anyway. But the, um, uh, uh, yes, I've got 100%. Yeah, Darren. Yeah. Brilliant. And Paddy, uh, Constitution Hill, yes or no? Uh, be yes for me. Literally cannot fault him. And I think Cass is bang on. His jumping wasn't as good the last day, but that's simply because he has actually been so good up until now. And if that's about the only hole we can pick in him, I think we've still got a pretty strong candidate there. There's no way to get a beat riding. Do you know, if, if Stateman goes, I think what Town will try and do, because if he goes really quick, Constitution Hill will destroy them. But if he goes really slow, Constitution Hill will destroy them. But if he goes slow, there's a chance he might make a mistake at the second last or the last, and that gives you a chance. So you're just relying on a bad jump or a fall or a, an unseat or something. But Hurdle's race, is, you're, you're into 106 territory there already. So, you know. 1.4 something looks like a good price. I mean, I think th- there was plenty of chat, lads, wasn't there, about Stateman. Apparently, after the DRF, he wouldn't have blown a candle out when he came back in after, which you would think, Jesus Christ, he, he's this is a serious horse. But, I mean, he controlled every stride of that race, didn't he? And it turned into it turned into a dash. So, I just don't think it reads like great form. Um, I, know, I know they're all 
Paul got away with murder, I thought. Now, I, I was up in the Stanford and I'd had a few at this stage, so I, I, my, my analysis could be a little bit affected that way. But I thought Paul got away with murder myself mm-hmm. in the champion hurdle. Now, look, it was still a really good performance, don't get me wrong. And I think he'd have won in any case. Um, But I, I, I didn't think he, he very much had it all his own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the, I was talking to someone who was, was stood in the winner's enclosure and they literally said, this fella looked like he'd just done a few laps of the, the parade ring. You know, would you? Would but would you not take that as a bit of a positive as well, Pat? I think he's an absolute. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Man. You know, you would think. Just, I think your man's a one ninety horse. So, whereas he's a one ninety horse and a one seventy two horse, like that's the difference. But I'm, I'm thinking, was he stood in the paddock there, not even blowing a candle out because he had such a given on the front end, or is he an absolute monster? You know, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. The horses have off days all the time, you know, so so it can happen. But he'd want to go very short to bother laying him. You know, if he's close to one to two, he's no, I, I won't be backing him. But like, who's that horse in the flat? Haggis thing can't flat gone in my Baid. head now. Baid. Yeah, Baid. yeah, yeah, you know, he was a horse get beaten all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Such is the name of the game. But we have our first selection in uh, this year's Chetnamaka Constitution Hill at a general price of about four to eleven. Uh, I have a sense that this next race is going to cause major division or, or I certainly don't think we're going to get a unanimous yes here but Mare's Hurdle Honeysuckle 5-2 to two. Uh, Paddy I'm going to stick with you for this one yes or no with Honeysuckle uh, for the Mare's I Hurdle. think she's as good as ever but she just the, the talent pool is deeper this time around it's never been as deep as, as all the years she's been reigning so uh, for me I'm delighted connections have, have gone down the route they've gone because I think it just means she can go out on a real good note here and I wouldn't be against her. You wouldn't be against her in the Mare's Hurdle? Okay, that's a yes. Uh, Dermot, we'll come to you. Honeysuckle, yes or no in the Mare's? Last night was a resounding no for me in this, but then when I went through it, I think Marie's Rock will end up in a stayers hurdle. The the owner of the management or the manager of the the ownership syndicate there seemed to be intimating at it uh, according to Nicky Henderson. Um, Honeysuckle's better than Epitone. Brandy Love is the one this week that could really stamp her authority. Uh, Love Envy, Honeysuckle's better than her, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, actually, um, I surprised myself last night that, yeah, Honeysuckle's a yes for me as she always should be on the Race Hour podcast anyway. I'm really glad I left you to last year cast to ruin this party. Uh, <laughs> Honeysuckle fight to do yes or no? Well, well, I just say yes for the crack then and the lads can have her in there. They're, they're, well, no, I'm going no, to say no, so there's no, no point. No, no, no. Like, I mean, that that's sentimental stuff and Paddy, like, to say she's as good as she ever was, I mean, there's no way that um, she wouldn't have been beaten uh, Vauban at her best she would have been beaten Vauban by eight lengths at Leperstown and, and to be beaten by Teupo like Echoes and Rain is three times the price of her would have finished ahead of her in the Hatton's Grace had she not um, come unstuck like she would have been fourth that day in Hatton's Grace had, had Echoes in Rain stood up uh, I think Epitant finish ahead of her I think Marie's Rock will finish ahead of her uh, the curve is going down now and sure like she's been amazing but no I wouldn't be putting her in any Akas anyway yeah, I think I'm inclined to say she'll know from me. I'd like to see her go out in her shield uh, at Cheltenham. I'm really glad we get to run her there because, you know, what harm if she doesn't run a race? She's still been uh, still been a legend of the game. But, um, yeah, I I just I'd find it very hard. I think she might have regressed a little bit more than people might be saying. Um, and then we'll do one last race, lads, before we go to a break to finish out the Tuesday. Uh, the National Hunt Chase, Guyer de Manil, 6-4 with the run. Uh, Cass, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Please inject some common sense here. I think that's a great price. Yes, if if if, if you're doing an on-runner no bet, Aka, and he runs here, 
he'll win. Like there's nothing nothing to take him on in yeah. this. He's ten pounds clear of everything else. Very yep. interesting. Uh Dermo, I'll come to you. I can hear you nodding away in the background or green in the background. So <laughs> Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm uh a very vocal person. Uh, yeah, Gayard de Neil is streets clear. I mean, the the Maller mission being beaten by Churchstown Warrior. I must have watched a different race. There was people afterwards saying how enthusiastic they were about it. I can't have an inch of that form. Um, and if Gayard de Neil does run here, which lately there seems to be a lot more confidence, Darren, behind this, that he is going to go here. Um, so I think Gayard de Neil, uh, yeah, I think he's streets clear and everything else here. Paddy, welcome to you. Yeah, I'd be in agreement, lads. Um He's been one of the big talking horses, hasn't he, really, for this race. And obviously, I'd imagine that Patrick has been trying his best for a long time now to, to steer Willie this direction. And uh, he's been very solid in the market throughout, hasn't he? Pretty much has. He's been favourite for this race for, uh, it seems, since this time last year, weirdly enough. Or it's not that long. But uh, I, I I, really don't like this horse. I really don't. There's something about him. I've never liked him since he was a novice hurdler. Um, uh, I'm not going to upset the apple cart here, but for me, his <laughs> his his win record isn't good. Like Fair enough, he's, he's been running in pretty good races, and obviously the, the longer trip should help. But, oh, I don't no, know. No, Darren, Darren, like, I, like, I see your point for the win point of view, but he, Jesus, he beat Churchstown Warrior by nine lengths, was it, at Christmas time? And that yeah, horse eight lengths. Favorite. Yeah, it's true. No, no, it's true. Terrible race. There's no depth to it. Absolutely zero depth to it. Like if you if you're trying to tell me there's a native river in here, like I, you know, have a warm bath and a cup of tea or something, settle yourself down. (laughs) Because there just isn't. But uh, yeah, look for that reason, I'll I'll side with you lads, but only very very narrowly. Like I think in the ordinary run of things, he's just a horse I'd like to get after at short prices. Okay, look with that, we will take a very very quick break, and we'll come back then and spin through the final three days of the Cheltenham Festival card. Um, the lads will stay with me, and we'll come back in the next minute or so. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-up offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Race Hour in association with bookmakers.com and kindly sponsored by The Tote. Uh, as mentioned, we're in the middle of our Cheltenham Aka game here on the Race Hour. We've spun through day one of the Cheltenham Festival. And by my count, we currently have two horses in uh, in, our, in our Aka. The way this works is all members of the panel have to unanimously agree before a horse gets included. And then at the end, you can do a straight Aka. You can perm it up any way you like. Uh, and chances are you're going to be left with no money after the end of it. But however, we're going to kick on. We've moved on to Wednesday now. And the Ballymore is the opening race on the Wednesday. The grade one novice hurdle over two and a half miles. And bizarrely, Paul Nichols has a favourite at the Cheltenham Festival, something that hasn't <laughs> happened in the last several seasons, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dermo, you're the first man that laughed, so I'm going to come to you first. Hermes Alan Yerne. Uh, no, I really like good land for this now all of a sudden, but uh, a really good horse, looked brilliant, and has, put, put a, has hammered everything to the point where this horse is just a very, very smart animal. Um, and I wouldn't be turning anyone off him, but I'm happy to go for good land, who I was just very impressed with at the DRF there. Happy to get after Hermes Allen. That's completely fair. Uh, Cass, I'll ask you next of all. Uh, Hermes Allen, yeah or nay? Um, no. Like, like, I've been proved well wrong on this horse now, so I shouldn't really have an opinion because before Cheltenham in November, I said he was a rotten yoke um, after he won some gaff track. I can't <laughs> that wouldn't remember. be like you. But like, he was so good at Cheltenham and then he was so good at Newbury as well. So, so straightforward, you know, just jumped, galloped, nothing 
couldn't complain about Anthem after I can't remember where he won the first day Southern or somewhere Stratford really. Stratford. Stratford oh my god and I he looked like a, he, he he kinked his head between the second last and the last that day and kind of hung but he hasn't done anything like that but at the same time because he's done that once it's in my head that there's a quirk in him and the form of the cello is just working out unbelievably well everything keeps winning out of it um, but at the same time Goodland's a very very good horse Imperial Pass is a very very good horse so no that's very fair. And Paddy, I'll come to you last of all. Uh, Erme Allen, year now. I'd probably just about say yeah. Um, you know, he's a very, just a very talented horse. He's a real high cruising speed. And Cass mentioned about the challenge form. Like the second won very, very nicely the other day, albeit very well trained by Charlie Longson. But I mean, look, he's a six-year-old. He's a big, strong horse. You wouldn't not like him to get any shorter without a doubt um and by far the deepest water he's been in but i just thought off the back of newbury and he's been here to cheltenham um as well that's a that's form that's taken a few knocks but certainly can't knock the newbury form so probably be just about a year for me but this is a very strong race yeah, I was pretty torn, like as in my natural instinct would be to knock a horse with his profile, but I actually am I am a fan of him, but then quite annoyingly, I like like yourself, I I think there are there are others in the race, and while you're a narrow yeah, I think I'd just be a, a narrow yeah, a, a narrow nay, I should say. Um I think Gaelic Warrior um has mighty um chance wherever he ends up at Cheltenham. Now if he was if it was me, I'd want to run him in the Supreme. Uh I think you always think you do need a stair to win that race, but um maybe not and I, I just think there's a bit of depth to this alright but uh, that's not to say our Maze Allen won't go on to do very very good things in future but in any case he hasn't made our chat in the Macca for this year so we'll move on to the Brown Advisory cast I'm going to start with you first Jerry Kalam here in the Rob Core Colours he won the race at Sandown whose name is escaping from my head he's 5 too far for this is he a year now for you the Silly Isles yes, the Silly Isles the Silly Isles yeah no no he's definitely yes he's a horse it's, it's almost impossible to find fault with him he's such an unbelievably good jumper yeah. um, the only thing he's never been left handed has he that's kind of in my head I don't remember him going left handed anywhere but his jumping is unreal uh, he, the triple suit him um, I mean if it's just a real whacker to beat it's not a very strong race you know there's nothing in this race like it's the real whacker, Time Hill. Forget about him, and I'd say you have to go down to twenty-five to one shots before you'll find a runner after that. So five to two is a very good price because I think he'll be more like eleven to eight, six to four. On the one, day. one more, one more of his bumpers, bumper. didn't he? At Nays. Okay, yeah, good, left-handed, good. but he's never gone. Over, he's never gone no. over sticks. Can over, I give a over, mention over for a horse in this race at a price? Um, I think one one that could be worth backing because I do think this race is going to cut up. And I think Willie's representative will, uh, well, it might run Ramillies, I suppose. But I think Braun, he wasn't far behind, like maybe a length or two behind Jerry Clomp. And he'd made a mistake that day at the second last. He's only beaten a length or two. Um, he then won, uh, he, he won and beat a horse that won at the weekend since. And he fell won- in that day, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, it looked like he fell in. It looked like he went subsequent form. Yeah, subsequent winner, and they were miles clear, and you're just getting 40 to 1 about him, and you're not you're not going to have many runners in town and could be riding him. That's what I mean. He's he's, he's a big price, uh, and he has talent. Do you remember last year as a novice hurdler, he won the race that town had tried to kill Jack Doyle um, when Jack Doyle was riding Flame Bear. Do you remember that race at Nace? 
Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe yeah, defied the laws of physics that day by going into a space that didn't exist, so I'm not was, entirely sure. That was Bran. But um, he'd be one now, I think, could go off. But, you know, I, I could put him up at the Cheltenham pod close to the time, but I'd say he could be one that could go off 10 to 1, and he's kind of 40 to 1 now. So he'd be one flagging up. But yeah, no, I think Jerry Klom is very solid, and 5 to 2 is a good price. Okay, Paddy, we'll ask you next of all. Uh, Jerry Klom, 5 to 2. Yeah, I wouldn't go against him. He'd be yay for me because. I suppose plenty of people like to crib him because visually he's he's never been that impressive on the eye. But even at Sandown the last day, I'd imagine Connections had this race in mind because they thought it was going to be your normal shitty Sandown ground where he, he, he'd be in his element really. But the fact that he still came out on top on conditions that wouldn't be in his favour, he's just a horse that gets the job done and you can never knock a horse like that. Yeah, for sure. You know he's leaving it all out there. I'm not as convinced he's as ground dependent as people say, either. Um, until I see him underperform on a quicker surface, I yeah, uh, I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. He is a saddler maker, but um, even so, uh, Dermo, I will come to you last of all here, Jerry Kalam. Yes or no? Oh yeah, no. I I was all over the source last year for the Albert Bartlett and all sorts of odds. So it's it's half devastating me how good he's been this season. But yeah, look, I've been on him for this race for for quite a while. Uh, big big fan of him and yeah he's he's ple- pleasantly surprised everyone with how well he's taken to shorter trips first of all um adamantly chosen backed up his limerick form from christmas uh, behind mighty potter last time and then he goes off to uh Sandown. and you can definitely see that the rest of the horses in that race that day in the city isles thought that they were going to try and run the legs off him and at one point he looked a little bit in trouble but his jumping was just so perfect that he was able to kind of gain speed at every fence so yeah, no, I think Jerry Colomb, as Cass said, I mean, the real whacker as a second favourite is phenomenal, really. Um, so Jerry Colomb and Sir Gerhard, like his jumping was so bad the first day. So, yeah, no, I think Jerry Colomb is a... Do a lad, do we give the real whacker any chance at all? No. Uh, he does have a chance, yeah. particularly the English novice chase form is absolute muck, you know. Like beating Mon Morale and these kind of horses, they're they're one thirty something horses. So you can't you can't get too excited about it. I'd say your man is a stone clear of him and they're One's four to one, one's nine to four to five to two. So he's just too short in the market. And, you know, it, it, there's no pedigree there of coming to Cheltenham and train and, you know, uh, winners either. So that's a huge worry. Whereas you, you, you've Elliot first as an unknown and they're, you know, side by side in the market. I know which one I'd be on. Yeah. Yep. So I think they should run the real backer in the Gold Cup. There's no pace in the Gold Cup. Let him go off from the front and try and win the Gold Cup if you're going to. I agree. Why wouldn't you? Do you know what have you got to lose? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't think you're leaving a brown advisory behind you. Uh, as as you just said there, and look, as you said, uh, he looked like he might get his own way in a Gold Cup. So um, hard to know what they'll do, but uh, you'd hope to see them take a chance. But in any case, we now have a third selection in our what swiftly is becoming an actual act as opposed to just a short price double. Uh, we move on to the <laughs> champion. Honest to God, yeah. <laughs> we move on now to the champion chase, where I again I'm assuming we're going to have uh, a lot of disagreement here. And Nergamen, is who I have down here is the thirteen to Fav. Uh, Dermo, I'm going to come to you first. See a yes or a no proposition for you at this stage. No, no. The one of the biggest bullshit of an excuse for a horse losing ever with the white fences or whatever it was it was the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard. Uh, he would have been better off just blaming Paul Townend again. Um, to be honest, but um, you say that no. Dermo Willie's put his money where his mouth is on that. They have a load of um, 
white fences and hurdles now down in Clasutton and their school. In the I moment. saw that in the open day, yeah. In fairness, to him, he's, he's got all in it, but Wimby still, Jesus Christ. hasn't put his hand Christ. in his pocket since 1995, like, so far, for him to do that, uh, that's, that's a big statement, I tell you that. He's finally spending that uh, the tourist attraction money, is he? But, the, young um, the young lad that rides with John McConnell as well, they had a horse die in Musselburgh. Uh, the Scottish novice. Oh, Harvey, is it Ben Harvey? Is it Harvey? Yeah, he blamed he blamed the white hurdles as well for that horse dying in the uh, was it the Scottish Supreme Hurdle? Maybe I can't remember which race it was. But uh, that that good weekend at Musselburgh, they had a horse a horse fall and die. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the trials weekend or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Scotland Stars or whatever. But yeah, look, so look, these people know a lot more about horses. I've never heard anything like it before. So I think, but he um. Coming up to the second, Paddy's the man to ask about that actually. But um, he coming coming up to the last, I thought or second last, he, he was bang there and he just didn't didn't get there. Uh, it's hard to know what the form was like last year. I know he, he had that really close run with Shishkin, but Shishkin wasn't right after it either. Um, so no, look, I'm I'm going for Nube Negra here at big big odds. Um, but uh, as far as the nursery goes, it's a no for me. Now. Oof, I wish you well. Uh, Paddy, I will come to you next uh, and I will first of all ask you about that white fence theory that uh, that Willie Mullins had. Is uh, is this more akin to uh, 9-11 jet, uh, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams theory or what <laughs> What do you think? Is it a bit conspiratorial? <laughs> uh, it was a hard one to swallow that day now when you heard it. All right, but I think uh, some of these trainers, they're starting to sound like the Chelsea manager. I've never heard so much shite in all my life. Um, but... <laughs> you know, Poor yeah, Graham Potter. Potter. But no, I I don't see any 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 reason to it myself. It's a little bit of a, an easy get out clause. I mean, look, horses fall every day of the week, and it, ju- it just happens. But no, I'm I'm still with Edwardstown Camp here because you know he wasn't ridden to win that race. He was he was ridden to beat Energamine, and it just backfired the last day. And but since he did get rid of Tom Cannon at Kempton that day like Alan King has said on numerous occasions this is a horse who gets very fresh and you can see that on the track he, he's inclined to over race and do a little something a little bit daft but that was a real ditch fall at Kempton where he chipped in and he changed his mind and it's a real unseat but I mean at Cheltenham the last day he jumped okay I've seen him jump far better but the the engine to do what he did and get as close as what he did to Edward de Geese it was a massive run uh, he was an unlucky horse on the day so I'm, I'm going to stick with him but as long as everything goes right for him and and um and he's, he's ridden accordingly yeah he's kind of he's, he's edward's done this he's kind of proved himself to be a multifaceted horse at this point in the sense that this time last year i think people maybe doubted the size of his engine and sports thought you know going into the arkley was one of the better jumpers in the race and that would give him a life a live chance whereas this year he seems to have proven that while his jumping maybe has fallen back a small bit, he, he does seem to have a, a fairly large engine from what I can see. Uh, Cass, I'm going to come to you in an argument. What are your thoughts? I think the race isn't going to be run to suit him. An argument, until the champion chase last year, he used to make the run and, and look to mm. machine. You know, he'd be belting around the Irish tracks from the front the way Underso used to. Um, and he looked an absolute monster. And then he kind of fell into the champion chase. But that race fell apart. But, but but they didn't ride him from the front. And then the last day, again, didn't ride Like, I think for an argument to have the best, you have to have him out popping and popping. And I think Townend won't do that because he'll think Editor de Geet's going to go a million. Gentleman de is going to go a million. So he probably won't think he has the option to do that. And with him not doing it, he doesn't seem to perform as well when he's in behind. So for that reason, I wouldn't like him. Um, I'd love to see Town and take the bull by the horns and just go, I'm on the best horse here, out I go. Because 
Edwardstone would be so far out of his ground then with the other two in tow that he could get 12 lengths back, uh, you know, fourth in the run. And you can't be making any mistakes once that starts to happen. And Edward Stone's jumping isn't all that either. So I'd love to see Townend go out and make it. And I think he'd have a better chance then. But I think the way the race is going to shape up, uh, I wouldn't like to back him, not knowing how he's going to be ridden and, you know, having that pace in the race that I don't think suits him. Yeah, I think it, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot to take Edwardstone into the race if 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 Shaq and Persuade, or sorry, not Shaq and Persuade, Nergaman wants to go and do that. So it's an interesting theory. But in any case, it's a horse we look like we're going to swerve. Uh, so we're still stuck on three selections. And now we come to the race of the week, the cross-country chase. Uh, Delta works the 11 to 10 five here um after finishing third in a the handicap version of this race at the Cheltenham Festival, given or not, uh, sorry, trial to say Cheltenham, giving away lumps of weight and then finishing I think it might have been sixth or seventh in the Boyne Hurdle. Dermot, I'm going to come to you first. Is this fairly straightforward? I think it is unbelievably straightforward, yeah. Um, now, this, sorry, first of all, this race is never straightforward because it, it, it's full of mentors. Remember that Patrick McCann was nearly murdered one day by a French horse and a race like this, it's um, it's never straightforward. But look, his biggest rival is, it, it seems to be a horse called Hip Hop Conti. I think that, that kind of says it all. Uh, Delta worked last year. Broke everyone's heart beating uh, Tiger Roll. Really showed how cold Gordon Elliott and uh, the O'Leary's are that they would uh, they would take that away from from Tiger, Tiger Roll. Roll. But uh, Delta work at eleven to ten. I just I don't I don't see anything in here that's uh, that's up to his level. Yeah, I suppose it was a real strike for the integrity of the game. Uh, I've actually backed him at seven to four uh, for this race, but the the news during the week that Galvin is going to run has sort of tempered my enthusiasm. I I very much thought he was going to have a clear run at this and go off about four to six to tell you the honest truth, but I don't see that happening now. Uh, Paddy, I'm going to come to you next of all. Uh, maybe not a race to get too jiggy about, but Delta work at eleven to ten is the one you want to oppose. Well, he's pretty skimpy, isn't he? Uh, there's no doubt. But then when you look down through what's going to be taking him on, you just always end up coming back to Delta work. But the horse that Dermo mentions, Hip Hop Conti for the the French outfit. I mean, he's only six year old. He could be the flying the ointment. They're just very hard to gauge these French horses and the, their technique around this cross country course. Just absolutely faultless, but yeah, I probably would be a year with Delta Work myself. Yeah, and listen, uh, Cass, I'm going to come to you. I know this is when you get you up out of bed on the Wednesday. Uh, Delta Work, yes or no? Oh, yeah, no. I, I drove up to Gardens um, last week just to have a look because I love watching these cross-country horses work. It's my, it's, it's my life revolves around this. And then I went down to Bulger's on the way back. And this is the best cross-country horse that's ever lived. Certainty, yeah. <laughs> Not a fucking word of that is true. <laughs> Remind me never to play cards with you because that was actually a bit too fucking believable. Uh, no, I don't. I don't right. with you. I don't. I don't know anything about these horses over these obstacles. I don't have any interest. Fair enough. Uh, right. Well, we're going to include Delta Work then as selection four on uh, on our Cheltenham Aka, and we are going on to race where I believe you do have an opinion. Uh, Cass and an actual sincere one at this stage. Uh, the Turner's novice chase, the uh, the sort of ugly little brother to the Arkle and the Brown advisory. We have Mighty Potter in here as the eleven to ten fav, and you, I believe, have some sort of opposition to him. Yeah, he's a horse now. I'd always have a question mark over. What one thing now? Everyone's saying all the shrewdies are saying right. Oh, forget about his run at Cheltenham last year. He, he, you know, he wasn't going to yard. 
you watch that race, you'd be some genius now to say he wasn't going to yard over the first four because he was jumping and traveling absolutely fine. So the fact he threw the towel on at Cheltenham so late in the race definitely raised a question mark to me about him at the festival because it was the fifth, I think, before he made the first mistake and then the sixth. It was the one where um, he pulled up there when Dysart Dynamo fell. That was the second last he was coming to when he pulled up and it was only before that he made the mistake. Um, so that's retrospective nonsense from people saying he was never, uh, he wasn't right that day and all this. Uh, he, he he didn't perform um, at the festival before. That certainly has always been a thing. It's a big thing. He's by Mart line and his his sire line. It's a, it's a who's who of quirk bags with Mart lines. He has a very high head carriage. Um, his jumping the first day was awful. The second day there was two mistakes and it was a lot better. Leperstown, huge engine, but. This is a horse now I'd never, ever want to be relying on. I just think there's a kink in him. And while he definitely has the most ability in the race, I'd never, ever, ever want to be having my life on him now. I wouldn't, I'd, I'd be all against him. Uh, if someone asked me in a match, you know, at 50-50, no thanks. I, I would lay Mighty Potter, definitely, yeah. Interesting. So we're off to a no. I'm going to get the other two lads' thoughts anyway, just in case, because... Uh, some of the, the conversation around this race seems to think that Mighty Potter might be one of the good things of the week. Um, Paddy, what are your thoughts after seeing him fairly route the field at the... At the uh, yeah, he did. Um, I'm not sure how much I'd like to see the ground dry out. You know, I don't think he wants to be in any shape or form here in his feet rattle. This horse, he appears to lift his knees quite high, but you are. it is always lingering in the back of your mind that that rank effort he put in here last year it really was very bad he didn't show up at all and you're just reading the reports after you know the vet couldn't find anything physically wrong with him which you know that's always going to worry you because he was beat from a very early stage he, he was a bit keen early doors but as soon as he made his first mistake he backed out of the job pretty quick um but i don't know i think if if we if it comes up dry ground could just pass although his jumping's improving just mightn't get into that same rhythm we've seen him get into of late. So I'd probably be just about an air. Interesting. And Dermo, I'm going to come to you last of all. A bit uh, academic at this point, but Mighty Potter, would he have been a yes for you? Oh, God, yeah. No, he, he, he for me, is one of the, the, the bets of the week. Um, Again, I'm on him a long time, so I'm swayed on this, but I thought he'd win a double race festival. I think he'll win here. Uh, I think Stephen Cass is actually completely right about the fact that um, it's complete revisionist bullshit to say that he didn't run his race. He didn't run at all well at, at Cheltenham. I think he did. I just think he got the fright of his life when he made the mistake, the very bad mistake. And then they were just gone in front. And I think Jack Kennedy looked after him more so than anything. I don't think, I think he was going fine for the first four or five as as Stephen said. I that's why I wouldn't be overly concerned about it because he's shown he's much more boot this season and I just think that he we just know we know where we stand with him. I mean, I mean Bambridge yeah he's going up and trip but we, like he ran very well at nearest article but, but he picked it up after his I can't have appreciated for anyone's money. Uh couldn't have Sir Gary but, but he's going up anyway. Journey with me was beaten by impervious getting weight from her. Um uh, or sorry is giving one pound in that after that, they're not running or not good enough. I mean, he was brilliant at um, at Christmas, brilliant at Fairy House. His jumping at Fairy House wasn't great, but it improved a ton. And what I loved was, I was talking to Brian Hayes from the, the on his bookmakers.com article, and he said that he thought coming to the last 
that he had an actual chance on um on adamantly chosen who's a big price again here actually but adamantly chosen was flying home was passing by everything and he was like nearly at mighty potter's quarters and he went right okay i'm actually gonna you know i'm gonna give him a proper race here and he said he just mighty potter just put the afterburners on as dean ryan would say and flew away and he 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 said he was blown away by that performance and yeah i think mighty potter is one of the best of the week i understand the small frailty with the Sheldon run last year but i think go, horses have bad runs every now and then and that was just after he got the fright of his life five out i just think he was he was minded and brought home and then he won a punch down afterwards so you know i wouldn't be worried about Cheltenham at all and i just think at uh 11th a particularly the supreme is particularly raucous i think he, he'd be fine in the turners and at 11th eight, i think he's a good bet even at that price an impassioned defense there for mighty potter from Dermot Nolan, but uh, unfortunately not enough to see him make our Chattanooga list. Uh, disgracefully, the champion bumper's been left off this list, so I'm going to leave the, the Ryanair to you, lads, uh, and stay quiet and protest. Dermot, I'll, well, I'll go well, to you can first we not of all. Can we not talk about the bumper? We can, of course. Sorry, I've... I missed the, that was all. Sorry. The person on. who did the run in order clearly has no regard for what is the race of the week. But anyhow, um, we will <laughs> we'll jump to the Ryanair first of all, and we'll come back then and do the bumper. Is that all right? Or do you want to leave? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go to the bumper after the after the Ryanair, yeah. Perfect. Okay. After the Stephen Cass race, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that, I don't know what to start with you, Stephen. Dermot, I'll go to you first. So, uh, Shishkin 11 to 8 Fav after his route at the weekend. We've already discussed that performance and kind of what it means in the context of this race, but is he a yes or no for you uh, in our ultimate Cheltenham Aka? No, after the, the one piece of advice that I'll ever take for Stephen Cass is once they go once, they'll probably go again. And. Um, I'd be he's unbelievably talented and 11 to 8 is probably fair enough if you're a big believer in him he's 174 rated or whatever he is but no um, just with that run so close to Cheltenham and after that break and it can happen to Nicky's a bit as well they can bounce here or there uh, it's not a great race by any means don't get me wrong but I'd be happier now taking an each way swing at Janadil at 7 to 1 than I would at 11 to 8 on, uh, on Shisha very fair. Uh, Paddy, I will come to you. I'm going to leave the fireworks till the end, Stephen, but I'll go to Paddy here in the middle. Shishkin, yeah, I think he convinced me you. enough for the weekend. Simply, you know, Connections, they've put so much into getting this horse back. You know, they've did his win. They put a tongue tie on him the other day, which isn't something you see Henderson do an awful lot. Um, you know, and he absolutely ended up kicking a horse in a really good place at the minute in Pictor. He kicked him out of the way in the end. Um, so, yeah, he did enough. He's never really a horse I've had that much interest in, but I was very, very taken with what he did at the weekend. And and this is a relatively fresh horse simply because of the ailments he's had. Yeah, very, very fair. Um, and he did look to really relish that step up and distance stuff. For all. We did say the race has fallen apart. And Stephen, again, this might be your second favourite race of the week after the uh, cross-country, but Shishkin, <laughs> yeah. yay or nay, 11 oh, for this. And it's such a dull-looking race now, isn't it? I mean, Shishkin, 11 Blue Lord, and, and, and Janet, like, it's, it's pathetic. And a bit of fury road. <laughs> it's just such a muck race. I think his price at the moment, is a good price. Like, if, if this race is in the morning, he'd be 8-11 to, to beat them, so... 11 to 8 is fine. I don't want to throw him in, right? We can't have a fivefold that's paying about 20 to 1 or something. This is pathetic stuff, you know? I think the whole concept of this podcast is total bullshit and we shouldn't ever do it again. But, um, like, we're, we're going to have about nine horses in here, friends. It's going to pay about you know, 25 it's our to highest, 1. It's our highest listen to podcast. Oh, hello, all listeners. And all new year, listeners, yeah. you're very yeah. welcome. Listen to the other ones. They're way better than this one, I can tell you that. <laughs> 
God, you're such a fucking arsehole. <laughs> Marvellous. Uh, well, we are going to go back in time uh, by about... Are we putting him in, so? Are we putting him in? Is he in? Are you, are you putting him in, Dermot? Uh, Dur- well, Dermot said no, so I mean... Yeah, okay. look, no, okay, look, okay. yeah. Okay. No, no, look at the prices. Yeah, that's the right. man who runs up here wants, okay. wants him out, so... That's fine. I'm happy uh, No, look, because I think... We, yeah, God, it'd be nice to... Oh, sure, I suppose they're all favourites, yeah. I've even if everyone else is running, I'm happy to put him in. Um... I'm going to oppose him just because I don't really like Nicky Henderson so let's leave him out Uh, we'll go back 20 hours there to the champion bumper which is the last race on the Wednesday Uh, a dream to share or sorry not a dream to share I beg your pardon it's for me I should say is the I believe to the 10 to 3 favourite for uh, for the double green and Willie Mullins who does have a reasonable stranglehold in this race but not the usual one that he would have because a dream to share is in there a second fav uh, after being purchased by jp after his very impressive victory at uh, the dublin race festival but it's a uh, it's for me that we're going to focus on here as the favorite uh is he a yes or no for you lads and stephen castle i'm going to come to you first seeing as you were the most enthusiastic to talk about this race yeah well i'm excited about the bumper this year because i'm from sunny dungarvan so this is where john kiley trains so it's a big thing now with a dream to share um around the place and i'd be friends with the gleasons that own him um so our, our sorry owned did own him until they sold him to jp uh john gleason will be riding so it's a big excitement around here about him and I, I think a dream to share is a proper horse um there's it's it's quite a it's it's an okay-ish bumper you know what, what's interesting is the favorite three horses have won this on the back of only one run but five of the last 12 had actually been beaten in a bumper before they won so there's some interesting stats around the bumper i'd be against him because i think that while he looked like a weapon um western diego's collateral form is probably every bit as good and he's about five times the price and i thought his stride was really shortened right at the end the last day so i actually would have a big question mark on in that respect so i'd be a no would we would we put a dream to because I'm a big massive a dream to share fan? Would we stick a dream to share potentially in Iraq? Yeah, I think that I, makes more sense because because we're, we're not going to agree on it's for me. I don't think. But would you be a, a dream to share advocate, Cass? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, this, this, the whole concept of this podcast definitely is total bullshit. If we start putting in horses that aren't, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's put them in. I'm all for that. <laughs> this is a fucking joke. Well, on the basis that. <laughs> On the basis that he maybe should be favoured, let's stick him in. Uh, okay, uh, Paddy Aspel, so we're coming to you on a dream to share. Uh, John Gleeson ridden, formerly Brian Gleeson on, John Kiley trained and since purchased by J.P. McManus. Yes or no? I think he probably bumper. gets a little bit underestimated, this horse, because of the way, obviously it was a summer campaign, wasn't it, he started off with. And, you know, he's by Muharar, he's just not really going to knock your eye out against that opposition the last day like I think the second there is a proper horse but he just wants more of a gallop but he's obviously got an awful lot of ability it's been an absolute dream hasn't it for the Gleasons because they've had some big days with him and obviously they've cashed in and, and get John Kiley gets to keep him and does the will the young fella keep the ride? Yeah I mean, allegedly I think so Oh no, that was that was that was part of the deal. He's he's that's fantastic. And yeah. lads, he won at the DRF. I don't think your man even put the stick down him. Um, you know, so this this is the fair fair horse, and that was that was some training performance by John Kiley because he hadn't run since the back end of the summer, I think. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm more than happy to um to roll him with with JP's new new horse. He's going Lovely. in, and he apparently he's absolutely flying since Leopardstown. Really flying. Um, 
yeah, yeah. And John Kiley, like people, he's a real, he's a quiet man. He's a gentleman. He was riding up to two years ago and when, when he, um, he broke his leg at the gallops. He's some man, like, and he, re- he recovered from a leg break at 82. No bother him. He's 84 now. He's flying around like a young fella. And he's the nicest man you'd ever meet. And I just, it'd be magic now if he won. I'd love to see John Kiley win. Um, can I, Paddy, can I ask you about a horse? Did you think he might run? Um, uh, did I ask you that? He'd be, he should have won the bumper at Leopardstown mm-hmm. on the 26th. Uh, Champagne Fever won that bumper. Fasal Vega won that bumper. He absolutely tanked into it, and then he just kind of got caught uh, by something coming quick. But I thought he could be one that could run. Yeah, there's another horse that they've got further up the betting there, but I've not spoken to um, to anybody about him. But there's no doubt, I think I've heard uh, Patrick say on on some other podcasts that he this that's one that definitely got away. It wasn't his finest hour in the saddle, and... and Poor, poor Lefil ran him down late on, but but they were a mile clear of the third. And like you say, Cash, we've not seen him since, but that was definitely one that got away. I'd say he'd be half the price if he if he was going to Cheltenham off the back of winning that, you know. Yeah, he's loads of ability, I'd say. Yeah, but yeah, okay. A dream share wins the bumper on the snaff anyway. We're wasting time. We'll go on to that. Yeah, lovely. We'll kick we'll kick on there. So sorry, Jeremy, you've no objection to a dream to share. Absolutely no, 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 all good. Brilliant stuff. We have to try and keep Stephen Cass happy somehow. Uh, stairs hurdle next. Uh, Blaise and Cal. Impossible is... task, Darren. Darren, don't uh, ever try that. It's an impossible fucking task. So I'm quickly learning here from the host shared this week. Uh, stairs <laughs> hurdle, Blaise and Cal, 11 to 4 favourite. Uh, this is a very much uh, t- the talk, the most talkiest of talking horses, if I can put it that way. Um, fairly, a, I would say, ordinary novice hurdle for him, slightly above average, but uh, everyone seemed to think about this time last year he'd win this year's stairs hurdle, despite the fact all he had to his name was a victory over Jolino Bello. Came back with a bang in the Boyne hurdle, uh, looked to be fairly ready that day, despite his some relative weakness in the market. But in any case, he is now our 11 to 4 5 for the stairs. Uh, Cass, what are your thoughts on Blazing Cal? Should he be in this after a year now? Uh no, I just it, it, like I think it's a very strong um stairs in terms of strength and depth and give the bounce factor. I mean, twenty one of the last twenty two uh, had had placed at grade one level. This horse never even ran the grade one. Um, I think yeah, he definitely talking horse is the thing he was like he was practically favoured for the stairs and he hadn't really done anything bar with a couple of soft novices. But look, he was very impressive at the weekend now. Um, but you have the bounce factor. You have uh, home by the Lee. I think is rock solid. Um, you know, Tiup was there. Marie's Rock might come into the race. Florian Porter actually ran well the last day. Um, my angle on the race. Can I say my angle on the race? Or I just say no. I don't. Don't fancy it. But I. I no. Think, no. Go on. Go on. Yeah. Because uh, I won't be on the pod. I think for Thursday and Friday, nobody is going to fancy this French horse. They're all going to be against it. This horse will go off at least twenty on Betfair. I've never seen a horse travel like him in a three-mile hurdle race like he did in the Rel Keel. So I'm going to have a right good bet on him at his Betfair SP because he's going to be a huge price. Or on the tote. You can have a, you, or on the tote. Or on, or on the tote. And it'll be a big price on the tote. Although, geez, no, he could be he could be six to four on the tote of all the French money's in the pool. So no, forget <laughs> about that. Best tote bets 99 times out of 100 are the way to do it. Uh, but no, not this time. Back this fell on the exchange and just lay it all back at 10 and you'll have a free bet at whatever price. Because he'd definitely be at least 20 to 1 on Betfair. And I reckon you could have a free bet going for you then. Because um, he'll travel like the wrath of God and I'll see see where it lays you. But that, that I think that's a really good angle into the race. But uh, no, uh, I won't be including Blazing Cal in any of my accumes or in this accumes. 
Interesting stuff. Yeah, listen, I'll come to you next term with Blaze and Cal. He seems to have had more uh, sickness updates than Jeffrey Bernard back in the day, but still in all, maintains his uh, place at the head of the... I don't know if anyone else got that reference if you didn't ask me afterwards, and I'll explain it. Uh, he still rem- he still holds a spot at the, ho- at the top of the market here. Would he be one for you? Yeah, look, I've been a long-term believer. I won't bore the race our audience. They know I've been talking about him quite a while. So, yeah, look, I, I was thrilled with that performance, um, but he's not going to be in the ACA now anyway, so it's all good. Lovely. And Paddy, your your thoughts on uh Blazing Cal just to see us out um, here. Yeah, the Navin effort was a good a good effort and there was chat, wasn't there, that because Charles Burns said he'd tighten up for the run, but apparently he looked pretty straight, didn't he, on the day. Um hit the line strong as well. But I was I was in home by the Lee camp because I thought he ran a cracker in this race last year. He just got done for toe at a vital moment, but he rubbered home again. And since then Apart from where he got wiped out down Riley without through the through the wing, you know he's unbeaten um, out, out, since Cheltenham, and he's probably just a horse who's coming to the party quite late as regards flourishing because he's eight year old now, home by the Lee. So um, I'd probably be against against Royal Cal here. Oh, against Blazing Cal, no problem at all, Pat. Now nah, you're all it's all the one where he's not going here anyway, so you can call him whatever you want. Uh Mayor's Novice Hurdle is our next race on the list, and Nikki Henderson has the favourite here in the shape of Lucia, who has been nothing short of imperious in her what I believe could be two or three starts over six this year. Uh won at Exeter as she liked um at the week or a couple of weekends ago on a Sunday, and she looks pretty good. She wouldn't look out of place in Supreme as far as I'm concerned. Dermo, what are your thoughts on her and her price? Yeah, look, she she wins this. I think uh, there's probably each way angles into the race. You know, if you want a dumb there, likes a Liberty Dance, etc. But uh, Lucia looks a different gear. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with that. And unusually, Willie Mullins doesn't seem to have anything particularly strong for this race. I think Astro Diamond might be his shortest price contender in this, Stephen. So are you with Lucia at her current odds? Or do you think there's something else that could come and spoil her party? No, yeah, I think, yeah, she's by far the most likely winner, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'd I'd be including her. Deadly job. And Paddy, can you round us out with three yeses in this no, race? Or do you have any although opposition? I think the mare I mentioned earlier of Jamie Snowden's, you wear it well. I think she's a very very good mare here. Lucia, I think in a better race will be an even better mare. I mean, she kicked that last hurdle out of the ground the other day, but that was simply because I'd say she was looking up in the stand and and you know in, in third gear. Um, looks very very classy and to. To think of the race that he introduced her over hurdles at Newbury and she managed to get the job done in where Harry Skelton went 100 mile an hour on the front end to see if he could get her beat and, you know, it just didn't work out. She, she looks very, very good. She loved the hill as well. Just the way she won at Sandown yeah. and that uh, listed Phillies bumper last year. She just absolutely ate the hill and I think she'd do the same at Chelsea. Yeah, she looks pretty strong, I have to say. So that's uh, another selection going in. I think that might be six in this at the minute. I'll talk this up at the yeah. end and see how we're getting on. But uh, so far, so good. Yeah, I'm uh, attracted, Darren, anyway. Ah, brilliant. Happy days. Yeah, uh, the opening race on the Friday is the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, the one the race that Davy Russell famously tells people to go and make a cup of tea or to keep the wife happy and clean the house. Well, that's on before you get stuck into the day's racing. Uh, Lassie Mount is a 7-4-5, despite getting turned over at the Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, the trainer blamed the jockey. The jockey blamed circumstance. Dermot, what was your thoughts and should she be going into Araka? Uh, yeah, like, look, it, it was unlucky. That's all it was. I thought Paul Town got a bad rap now on this. Uh, 
I didn't think he did a whole pile wrong and he wasn't even that hardener. But uh, no, I like scriptwriter. We kind of had discussed this before. It was actually Stephen Cast that persuaded me on uh, on scriptwriter. Um, so yeah, no, I'm happy to take on Lossie out here, Dan. Happy to take on Lossie Mouth. Paddy, I'll come to you, Lossie Mouth. I'd go nay. Um, I think they were very cautious with our early doors, weren't they? They used to race wide and take absolutely no chances. But when they went the other way and tried to ride a bit of a race, I know it didn't work out but I think she had more than enough time and racing room to try and run down Garland Morceau who'd been absolutely ranking for a mile and you know really if Garland Morceau wasn't that good she should have been able to fetch her back that day so I would probably be a nay Yeah very fair I could see why you'd want to oppose her Cass uh, you're a scriptwriter fan by the sounds of things so I'm taking it you're a known last minute as well Yeah I, I think there's a bit to do for the triumph um, for anyone listening this week. Um, Rare Middleton is entered in the Adonis Cobden is jocked up. Um, he's Nichols' only entry, I think, in the triumph. He's 33 to 1, non runner, no bet. And the only way he shows up in the triumph is if he dots up at Kempton at the weekend and he'll be single figures then. So that's a great bet to do. 33 to 1, non runner, no bet. Rare Middleton for the triumph. Always with the angle, Stephen. Much appreciated. Happy days. I'm going to stick with you for the Albert Bartlett. Probably one of the most open races of the week, actually. This is six to one the field outside the handicaps, I should say. This is six to one the field. Uh, Embassy Gardens for the Mulryans. Maybe I should be asking Paddy first, but Stephen, I will stick with you first here. Was it Turles this horse won in uh, by literally half the track, I think it was, on the day? Uh, what are your thoughts on him as an Albert Bartlett favourite? Um. <sighs> Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Will he, will he even be the Mullins number one in the day? You know, this this race is so open, so I'd have no view to be putting him into an acker anthem. I, I agree with Derm. I think the Shambelly kid I thought was really impressive the day he won, and he be, I couldn't see uh, Monty Starr turning around the form of him, so I'm not sure why there's tri- he's tripled the price of that horse. So he'd be the one I like in the race, and I wouldn't be putting Embassy Gardens into an acker. Very interesting. Um, I, I, while Paddy, I'll come to you next on this horse, Embassy Gardens. I don't see Sham Valley Kid in the entrance of the Albert here. But uh, Paddy, I will. I'll come to you next. Uh, Re Embassy Gardens. What are your thoughts on the horse? Is he the right favourite? Well, the I think look at this stage. If they fancied him that much in Willies, I don't think you'd still be getting the value that what's there now. If they honestly thought that this horse was capable of winning that, because I mean that Thurlis race, it was a little bit of a non-event. There was plenty in behind, underperformed and. You know, at Cork on his comeback, you know, when he got a couple of tears into him that day, you know, the tail was going round. I don't know, the Leopardstown was probably a better run uh, next time up. But, yeah, stepped up and tripped. There was always going to be improvement last time. But I I wasn't I wasn't thinking I was going to see him topping the, the market for the, the Albert Bartlett off the back of that. So I'd probably be happy to leave him here. There's there's one or two others in here that I've, I'd have more of a, a preference for. Very fair. And Dermot, just quickly, we'll finish off with you here. I actually have found Shambali Kid. That was my mistake. Embassy Gardens, is he should he, is he the right favourite for this race? And would you include him in the ACA if the lads hadn't said no? Uh, no and no. Darn. No and no. Just Happy as, days. Very, as that, yeah. very succinct. Good stuff. Uh, now to the blue ribband of the week. Uh, I don't know why that's the only... Racing is the only sport I ever hear us use the phrase blue ribband for some reason, but however. Uh, the Gold Cup, Gallop into Champs, is the 13 to 8 fav. Dermot, I'm going to stick with you. Is he an ACA selection for you or not? 
Uh, no, no, he's not. Just because the, the the pace of that race at Leperstone was just so bad that I still he hit the line very hard. Don't get me wrong; he probably does stay. I'd say you could be ninety percent certain. But just for that ten percent of doubt, I'm happy to take him on at thirteen to eight, especially in a race as mental as the Gold Cup. Yeah, very fair uh, analysis there, Paddy. You, uh, I'll come to you next. Galloping the shots here in eighth place. Um, I honestly have just been so impressed with how this horse has grown up. Um, he just looks a different character now altogether. And, you know, he's the finished racehorse because Townend is able to hold one side of him and just ride him properly. And you've always got to remember when Ruby Walsh always mentions it about watching the horse after they cross the line. You know, this fella was away and gone down the hill again. And, you know, Townend was struggling to to stop him. So it didn't look to me like the, the light was coming on and, and the tank was emptying. Albeit, you know, it, what he's still not been over a Gold Cup trip because of how he goes through his races now, I can't see it being an issue. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree after the last day. Um, I don't think the race was set up for him to be visually impressive. And the fact that he did his best work late looked to me like he'd give you every chance of staying that trip. We obviously won't know until we find out. Cass, I'm assuming you're anti Galloping de Champser, am I presuming too much? Um, Like... The last podcast I was on, I was saying, given all the reasons why he couldn't win a Gold Cup, because he was a you know a free going speed horse. But what what Willie and Townend have done with him to change completely change his running style from bombing out over two and a half and making all to settling and popping and you know he he reminds you of album photo now the way he goes through his races that he's just put to sleep in the middle of the pack and pops and pops and pops and then comes you know when they're coming to the second last he's there and he goes away and wins his race and that's what he did at Leopardstown. I think it's an incredible training performance to, to change a horse like that. Uh, I didn't think I'd be saying Galloping Deschamps will be winning the Gold Cup, but I think he will now. I I won't be backing him at six to four, but by far the most likely winner. Um, happy to put him in or leave him out. Just, someone said no, so so he's out, I suppose. But um, yeah, I wouldn't have a dog as dogmatic a view as I had on him previously, and I just think what a training performance to get this fella running the way he is. Yeah, very impressive stuff all around. I'd be inclined to agree with all of what you said there. And then to round us out, uh, another race that potentially shouldn't exist on the Cheltenham calendar. It's the Mayor's Chase. Another J.P. McManus, a new J.P. McManus inmate, I should say, in the shape of Impervious, who changed hands from the uh, Paul McKeown state ownership um, after her victory the last day, beating one of J.P.'s. Impervious is the 13 to 8 for this race. Cass, uh, are you with or against Impervious? Uh, should she have a place in Araka, yeah or nay? I I'll set it out. I'll 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 abstain from the vote. I don't really have a view on the rest. Let you decide. That's perfectly fair. Uh, pa- Paddy, I'll come to you next. In uh, nay for me. Um, only just marginally though. Um, but it's not so much that I like her so much. It's more the 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 negatives for or sorry that that I like the the Willie Mullins mare Allegor Davasi. But it's just the negatives with impervious as regards. I just think she lacks a hand that little bit of size. She has shown that she's brave and she's needed to be brave to go and win as probably won her um, a race or two. But I just think it could maybe backfire with her um, when when the, the, the heat gets turned up at Cheltenham. I really wouldn't like to see her stepping into the middle of one at Cheltenham because, you know, she's not going to get away with that. But there's risks attached with Allegor Davassi because what she did at Thurlis. But I would think when the rev counter is higher, for her at Cheltenham in a in a better race, like I said about Lucia, could see a better mare in a better race. So Allegor Davasi for me. 
That's perfectly fair. And Dermo is academic at this point, but impervious, would she have a place in this field? Oh God, yeah, yeah, she would have been a hundred percent a yes. But that is that is uh, completely reasonable. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen, um, doctors differ, patients die, as the man says. So, from what I can see, lads, that leaves us with six selections in our Cheltenhamaka, and I make that to be a four hundred and twelve point four four to one. Um. Are, are the odds when when they're all permed together in a straight aka that yeah, is so yeah. Constitution Hill of four to eleven, Guyer de Menil six to four, Jerry Colum five to two, Delta Work eleven to ten, a dream to share five to one, and Lucia at seven to four. Um put, so you can play in, that anywhere you like. Putting them into odds checker you get four hundred and fifty five to one non runner no bet with one uh, major firm. Yeah. Wow. Uh there you go. So I mean it's very hard to see any of them getting beaten. So I suppose the the answer is just how much money can you get on and how wealthy will you be at the end of it. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, I'll lay anyone they want 500 to one on that if they want. <laughs> <laughs> hours, okay, yeah, best to look. Yeah, no, listen, fair enough. We um, better put a, we were better all put a tenner in the kitty and uh, we'll, we'll show, and Dino as well. We'll throw 50 quid on that. Um, Not for charity though, none of that nonsense. If you send the money, yeah, if you send the money to me, I'll, I'll make sure the bet goes on. If you get the money to me, no yeah, problem. We'll, we'll do revenue. You go for my wedding. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I look at with that. It's been a, a bit of a bumper episode of the race hour. We uh we went through the these in some detail. My old one sentence line didn't actually work at the start, but uh thank you as always to our sponsors, the Tote. We'll be back on Friday to spin through this weekend's play spot in the company of Jamie Benson. And until then, have a great week. Bet responsibly, and we we'll chat to you all very very soon. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.